Hello, everyone. This is the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Jan Jaffe, and I'm your host. Today we're discussing bad habits, and I'm delighted to be joined by my brilliant team, Sharissa Sebastian and Susan Gonzalez. Today's show is entitled, The Lazy Way to Get Rid of Bad Habits. Welcome to Think Tank. Because this episode of Think Tank is not live, we regret that we are unable to take your live calls today. Bad habits. Just what are they exactly? The term itself conjures up a recipe of feelings ranging from shame and self-recrimination to anger and embarrassment. But how do we define what qualifies for each and every one of us as individuals, which habits we entertain as detrimental? And once we have made that determination, what do we do about it? Our conversation today focuses on the nature of bad habits, how to identify them, and how to take the steps that will create a relatively painless action plan that will make palpable, positive difference in our lives. Sharissa Sebastian, please tell our listening audience a little about yourself. Hi, Jan. Thank you. Um, I'm Sharissa Sebastian. I'm a life and leadership coach for women, a speaker, a writer for the Huffington Post, and also a radio show host and co-owner of Stop, Smile, Breathe Women's Retreats. My passion is helping women break free from being stuck, overwhelmed, and stressed to live a life of passion, purpose, joy, and fulfillment. Thank you so much, Jen. I look forward to the show today. Oh, me too, and thank you, Sharissa. Now, Susan Gonzalez, please introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm excited about the show today. I'm Susan Gonzalez, the success coach, and I help people get out of their way so they can get what they want out of life, personally or professionally, so that they can live happy, productive, exciting, and fulfilling lives. I'm also an author and a public speaker and the creator of the Make It Your Mark Live Training, and, uh, again, just excited about this topic. Oh, thank you, Susan. I think we all are. This is such a great topic. So bad habits. Just the mention of that term causes me to squirm inside with a mixture of shame, guilt, and an immediate lowering of self-esteem with an almost audible groan of, oh, God. And I'm certainly not alone. Most of us are aware of certain things we do or actions we've taken as a result more of a reaction rather than a choice. Okay, so other than feeling that temporary internal squirm before we accept that we're human and will, quote, do better next time, unquote, what are the consequences of these reactions or less than stellar choices? In 2006, a paper published by a Duke University researcher found that more than 40% of the actions people performed each day were not actual decisions, but habits. And people who have career momentum are 53% more likely to have good habits. So isn't that very interesting? We go through almost half the day on autopilot. So changing bad habits isn't just a nice idea. It actually affects motivation. And comparing middle management employees, researchers have found that those whose careers continue to have momentum are 53% more likely to engage in healthy life habits than those whose careers are stalled. Wow. So healthy life habits then directly translate to success. And with all of this in mind then, 
what are the longer-reaching effects of these habits we engage in in the varying aspects of our lives? Susan, how would you like to take this first? You know, it's such an interesting um, question and, and consequence of not even being aware that half of the time it's a habit. It's not a decision. It's not a choice we're making. We're just doing it out of habit. And that impacts, I, I think, almost every aspect of our lives, whether it's how you want to eat healthy, um, the food choices you're making, the portion sizes you're making, to whether you're out uh, going for a nice walk or are you just stuck in the habit of, you know, sitting on the couch and watching TV and trapped in that mode, um, as well as career choices and career things that you make. Um, it can just impact all of us. So raising the awareness up a little bit to notice what actually do I do with my time and how aware of those things am I being so that I know, is this a choice or am I just stuck in a habit? And some habits are great, right? We're moving you forward, but then there's that part where that habit no longer serves you. So when is a good time to, to switch over and change it? Absolutely. And, you know, I love what you said, but and also it just the habits that we have or the bad habits, let's put it that way, If and I hate to make a judgment, but things that we realize are not serving us, um, that can be uh, really play a big role in relationships. And so we don't realize sometimes how we're responding or the things that the habits that we have that may be actually affecting our relationships in a negative way. So um, it's true. Awareness is so important in raising our awareness. Uh, Sharissa, I'm curious. Uh, so what do you what do you have to say about what the longer reaching effects uh, of these habits are? Oh, that is so interesting, Jan. And one of the things that really stood out to me are those statistics that you shared. That really got my attention, the fact that uh, I think you said people who have career momentum are 53% more likely um, to have good habits. And that's very interesting. I've never heard a, a statistic or a study done specifically linking the career momentum with mm -hmm. good habits. But I think that also has so much to do with what we focus on, you know, where our focus is. Because if we're focusing on advancing and growing and all of those kinds of things and taking action towards that, then it, it's probably easier for us to start developing those good habits. So that percentage or that study that you mentioned really stood out. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and, of course, being in the career, you know, in the career space, that is uh, very near and dear to my heart. So that stood out for sure. Um, and then, of course, the point that both you and Susan mentioned as far as being unconscious or unaware, a lot of times we don't realize why we're in the position that we're in or why we're not further mm -hmm. ahead than we want to be. But when we really stop and uh, take the time to be more conscious and aware, we can really pinpoint those habits. You know, what are those things on a daily basis that we just go through life doing, we don't even realize it because it's just part of what we do and have done for so long. So the consciousness is, is a big part of that. Um, and then the other thing, as far as, you know, the, the impacts of that, the impacts of bad habits, there's so many different impacts. But the one that, um, you know, as I was doing some research on this, the one that caught my attention was as far as what it does to the brain, like our brain health. So one of the things that, um, that I found in looking up various studies and things like that is that, um, for example, like if we have bad habits when it comes to eating, like, our, you know, we're not... Uh, very conscious of um, our diet or things like that, and we end up picking, picking up these bad habits along the way, 
of course, that has you know a, a direct impact on um, our brain and the way our brain functions, and it can also lead to Alzheimer's and diseases like that. So if we're if we're not you know really conscious about what we're eating and some of those um, those eating habits that we that we have over time. Another example is the habit of working long hours and putting yourself and putting your body under such a great amount of stress. And sometimes, like you know, like you both mentioned, this becomes a habit. It becomes so much a part of who we are that we almost don't know how to function out of that. That becomes our norm. We push ourselves so hard um, for whatever reason. I mean, there's a lot of beliefs that go into that, and we feel like. Um, if we don't, then you know maybe our job would be in jeopardy, or we're not going to come through for people like we need to. Whatever the case is, but when we do that, it can lead to long-term damage and memory loss, and it also decreases our ability to enjoy life more fully. So those are just some of the uh, long-term impacts. And then also there's so many others, like in terms of lack of exercise. Um, you know that can be we get so busy that we don't pay attention to taking care of ourselves. So we don't um, we focus more on maybe you know going and doing things that may not serve us as well and not taking the time to create better habits. And so with lack of exercise and you know lack of sleep, lack of social interactions, um, if we're not intentional about doing that, then of course uh, there's lots of long-term repercussions for that as well. Oh, absolutely. So many great points you make. And, you know, one of the things, or two of the things that um, that stand out for me, or I, that just come to mind for me, are the fact that sometimes we can be aware, but we don't know why we're doing something. We just say, oh, I did it again, you know, and not, and, and not getting underneath, well, why am I doing it? What, is, what might be behind this? So that is even a deeper awareness of, of digging a little bit deeper rather than just accepting, okay, that's the way I am. So, um, you know, this very deep awareness that the both of you have brought up is really a powerful, powerful tool in, in just first becoming aware, as we've just said, but noticing that these are habits that we have. And the thing that really stood out for me, though, when, in doing some of this research was that um, – Changing bad habits actually can affect motivation in a positive way, and that is that is so huge because so often we try to we try to figure out well why can't I can I get motivated, and sometimes it's our habits that are holding us back. So um, it's just it's just it's really almost mind boggling what um, what habit. Uh, the power that it has over us and the power that it has to keep us stuck. So we all know that stress affects our lives in a plethora of ways, generally in a negative manner. And this is not news for most people. We could easily have an entire show around this topic of stress. (laughs) But for the purposes of our topic today, it's helpful to consider how stress affects not only our ability to make choices, but also how it impacts our reactions and habits. So how does stress impact bad habits? Who would like to go first, Matt, with, with this topic? I'll jump in. <clears throat> okay. Um, it's so intrusive, the stress habits that come in. Um, and, you know, I love this um, quote by Fritz Perls. He's a psychoanalyst, and he says, awareness cures. <laughs> oh, it's so true. <laughs> it does. Because sometimes when we're stressed, 
we're unconscious about that as well. You don't realize you're so stressed out until you get to a certain point. And so you do things without even being aware. And maybe you picked up a, a habit. Um, you know, in the old days, they used to say, you know, you smoke a cigarette and it calms you down. Well, it had that if you feel bad or you feel stressed, uh, smoke a cigarette and you'll feel good. Well, without any self-reflection or awareness of that, you can get caught up in that. And maybe smoking a cigarette at first did make you feel good, right? But to keep that effect, you have to smoke more and more. And then becomes shortness of breath, lung disease, causing you even more stress. So what seemed like a stress reliever at first really isn't. Mm-hmm. And so raising your level of consciousness to, one, that you are stressed out, and two, <laughs> what are you doing to help alleviate the stress that is going to move you forward as opposed to becoming a habit that's going to hold you back? Um, some people drink a lot of caffeine. Some people, when they're stressed out, they just constantly vent just mm. over and over and over, and it doesn't help them. Or maybe your way of dealing with stress is a habit that you're not even aware of is how you obsess over things that you can't change. Mm. But you get stuck in that cycle. Um, for me, I'm going to be really honest and tell you that mine is I eat food that isn't healthy. I know it. And when I realize <laughs> I've eaten too much, I feel bad. And I'm still working on replacing that um that unhappy habit that I've gotten. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it can even be that you don't get enough sleep because mm-hmm. you're, you're so, uh, the sleep deprived and adds to the stress, all of those kind of things. Um, and so recognizing what it's doing, um, sometimes it can make you rush through life. You're so consumed with anxiety and anxiousness about everything that you forget to enjoy the best things in life. And so that can be a big overarching component of what stress can do for you if you're not aware of the habits that you get into and the levels of stress you get. And then you can't even enjoy all the hard work you've been putting into getting things down. So if you're not uh, slowing down enough to raise your level of awareness about, one, what's stressing you out, and two, what are the habits you've fallen into to alleviate your stress, it can just prolong it and take it to a really dangerous level. Absolutely. Wonderful points. Absolutely wonderful points, and I have to admit, um, food is one of my one of my bad <laughs> habits. <laughs> Fortunately, I'm not delving into like pints of Haagen Dazs ice cream, but <laughs> <laughs> there is a frozen yogurt shop around the block. It's been seeing an awful lot of me recently. <laughs> right, we, we have our go-tos. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Sharissa, I'm just curious, though, how do you feel that stress impacts bad habits? Oh, gosh, there's so many different ways. But actually, the, one of the first things that came to mind um, when you said that, uh, Jen, was um, procrastination. And I speak differently from my own experience with this because what happens, um, and I've seen this, you know, with uh, a lot of other people as well, is we tend to build things up in our head. So we tend to get maybe a little bit overwhelmed um, in, in our minds about what we have to do and just how how much that we have going on and with everything else going on. And so we can sometimes tend to procrastinate and put some of the more important things off, which of course causes us a lot of stress, especially if we have a deadline or if there's things need to get done by a certain time. So that's going to elevate our stress levels. Um, and then, of course, there's, you know, this adrenaline that kicks in at the last minute and you're rushing. And, and that can almost be a little bit – that's interesting because that can be a little bit off a payoff because when it's 
when it's done, it's like, oh yay, mm-hmm. you know, I got it, I got it done. That was that was great, and I worked against the clock. And but that amount of stress um, can really, you know, on the one hand, yes, maybe it pushes you to get stuff done and at the last minute. But on the other hand, it can really cloud our judgment. So when we're looking at doing those things that are important, where we need to be able to focus and we need to really do things really well. Being under that amount of stress can really, um, you know, diminish our ability to think clearly and to really focus on what's important and to, you know, solve those those problems or overcome challenges and all of that. So that is a really, um, you know, really bad impact of um, the level of stress that we're, we're sometimes uh, under. And of course, all of that is can, uh, um, can go to overwhelm, and there's just so many. Um, other things that can tie into that as well. But, of course, we all know that we don't function well when we're under a heightened amount of stress. But what really does help is taking the time to get centered, to clear our minds, to do things that really help us to um, to relax and be in a more uh, calm state when, we're, you know, when we need to get things uh, done. So, of course, part of that is also forming those better habits, maybe better self-care habits, so that when it does come time for us to handle those stressful situations, we are much better equipped to do so. Absolutely. Great points that you made, too. And, you know, one thing that when I think about stress and bad habits, um, and I I don't think I'm, I'm at all unique in this, that when we're stressed, just in general, when we're stressed, uh, sometimes uh, whatever we're doing, if we're under pressure, as you said, or there's some kind of stressor and we have to get something done, um, we it somehow clinging to rituals or otherwise known as habits um, can put us in our comfort zone. And, you know, we're doing what we know. And so that we don't want to have to think about, um, you know, we have so much to do. We're under stress to do something. And so doing what we know takes some of our, our mind power. Uh, you know, we, we can take it away and just kind of go on autopilot so that, um, you know, we think, well, that will help us, that will alleviate some of the stress. But if, we, if some of these habits are uh, habits that are actually bad habits, it can just actually add to our stress. So sometimes staying in this comfort zone adds to our discomfort, if that makes sense. Oh, that's a fantastic point, Jen. That's absolutely true, I think, because it takes so much effort for us to change a habit, and that can mm-hmm. take away from other things we need to do. Yeah, that's brilliantly put, by the way. Oh, <laughs> thank <love> you. <laughs> Again, speaking, <laughs> speaking from personal experience. <laughs> So, you know, I think I'm going to, I just want to go to our fabulous sponsor and talk about Audible.com because here on the Life Coach Radio Networks, we're proud to have as our sponsor Audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet, offering customers a new way to enhance and enrich their lives every day. Audible is the preeminent provider of spoken word audio products, which include more than 100,000 audio programs from more than 1,800 content providers. Receive a free audio book with your 30-day trial when you sign up with Audible today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Now here are some Audible books related to today's topic. The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business 
by Charles Duhigg. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Powerful Lessons in Personal Change, written and narrated by Stephen R. Covey. Mini Habits, Smaller Habits, Bigger Results, by Stephen Guise, that's G-U-I-S-E, and The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do and How to Change, again by Charles Duhigg. So don't forget to sign up for a one-month free trial to get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Audible.com, making listening a tool for life. And now, back to our show. So um, now that we understand a bit more about the nature and effect of bad habits in our lives, how can we painlessly or lazily <laughs> create better and more positively impactful habits for ourselves? Sharissa, I'll have you go first if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things, and I'm actually speaking from experience just today, Jen, because I got into the cycle just recently of procrastination, so I will absolutely speak from experience. And today I felt like I overcame a little bit of a hurdle when it comes to this. And this is such perfect timing for this discussion because I'll tell you exactly what I did. <laughs> um, so recently, you know, I, I decided that I needed to put together um, three different programs for my coaching to, be, to have, you know, another way that I can help my clients. And so what I did is I sat down and I, it, it seemed like a mammoth task in my head. I was like, how in the world do I go about doing this? So I did the outline and all of that. I had that done. But after that was done, it still seemed like it was just so much to do. And honestly, I'll you know be completely honest here, I did kind of put it off for, I don't know, maybe it was a week or so. Um, and then I went through in my mind, I was like, okay, what is going to help me to really get motivated to doing this? And then I remembered that one of the things that always helps me is not to think of it in terms of the big, you know, the big task that, uh, that it is, but to really break it down into steps. So the first thing I would say to answer your question is to really chunk it down into teeny tiny little baby steps and not even to look at the whole thing. I mean, it's definitely important to know where you're going and know, you know, what is it that you're trying to accomplish at the end of the day to have that goal in mind. So whether that's, you know, completely getting rid of a bad habit because it allows you to do something, whatever that is. Um, but also when you're looking at your baby steps, that will allow you to take that one teeny tiny step forward and before you know it, that momentum is going to build, and you'll be, you know, moving forward a lot quicker. And that actually happened for me today. Today was the day I said, you know what, I'm going to sit down, and for this period of time, and that's another thing that, that helps me as well, is just cutting out a chunk of time, even if that's a half hour. It could even be 10 minutes um, towards, uh, you know, in a, uh, to try to get a better habit in place. So 10 minutes of time and just sit down and say, okay, even if I just write, you know, a few lines or a paragraph or a sentence, whatever it is, at least it's one step. And what I found myself doing today when I did that is I was able to knock out one whole, you know, a huge big chunk of it. In fact, the one that was the, I felt was going to be the most difficult to tackle in no time. Because once I started and I didn't think, oh, I'm going to finish this whole thing today, I thought I'm just going to take one little baby step. And when I started mm -hmm. to do that, um, it just went so much smoother after that. So definitely a big thing is take those baby steps. The second thing I would say that has helped me tremendously in the past when I was trying to get into a better morning routine, like I tried to wake up at 5 o'clock and do that, and what helped me then is having an accountability buddy. So I had another coach who was actually up at that time of the morning anyway, and she said, well, why don't you just text me when you, when you get up? text me and, uh, you know, let me know how you're doing and that you're awake, 
And I did this, and that really helped me to get into the habits. So the second thing I would say is definitely have somebody to hold you accountable if you're trying to create that new habit. That really helps a lot. Um, Then the next thing is to set up your environment for success. So going back again to that same example where I was trying to set up a new habit of waking up early and being productive in the morning, um, a couple of things I did to set up my environment is I made sure that my alarm, which I on my phone, was not in the same room as me. <laughs> so it would go off on the other side of, you know, I had to get out of bed to switch that thing off. <laughs> and so, you know, I set up little things like that to uh, make sure that I was getting to bed early and that I was getting up um, early so that I could really stay um, in that, you know, stick with that habit. And, of course, I tried to do that for uh, 66 days at a stretch to really solidify that uh, that habit. So that was that was one thing that helped me as well, definitely setting up, um, the environment and just doing whatever you can to help to support you. Um, and then the last thing I would say, which is really big for me, is keeping focused on the why. What is the big reason that I wanted to start these habits in the first place? What is so important um, to me that this habit is going to help me to achieve? And then also, you know, what is the, the payoff or reward uh, for, for ditching that habit, the bad habit in the first place, or for starting a new, a new habit? And then celebrating the win, wins along the way as well. That's a big deal for me as well is just being able to, even when I take the baby steps, to celebrate and, and acknowledge and say, oh, my goodness, I did this. You know, even if it was small, it's still a step in the right direction. So those are just some tips just from my own experience, Jim. Oh, that's fabulous. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm writing, of course, all of this down, and uh, I, it's it's wonderful because I know, for, for example, for myself, I sometimes I'll have so much on my plate, and you know, you you say I don't know where to start, I don't know where to start, and you end up wasting a lot of time trying to figure out where to start or what mm-hmm. to tackle first. And you're as you say, there's so much overwhelm, and you sometimes don't get anything done because you don't know where to start. And, um, you know, I have read, I think we've all probably read that it's really helpful rather than having, you know, a lot to do. When you have a lot to do, just pick two or three things that you're going to focus on during that day, the two or three things that are most important. And then um, what I, when I really want to get something done, I, the night before, I make a plan and I try to, I schedule actually the time that I'm going to do things. So it's something like what you said, although um, I love the way you did that. That was, you know, you just, you scheduled this chunk of time and that it sounds like there was, you had the um, the fluidity, the flexibility to be able to even spend as much time, you know, spend more than maybe that 15 minutes or that half an hour mm-hmm. since you were kind of just flowing um, but if you have, rather than saying, I have to do this, this, and this, actually schedule chunks of time in your in your daily schedule. And I find that if I do it the night before, there's, there's more of a sense of calm in my mind about just some organization and order, and it seems to alleviate some of that overwhelm, because for me, that is a bad habit of getting overwhelmed and not knowing where to start and wasting time. So um, that's, and again, that is just, like you said, it's a baby step of just, okay, I'm making the schedule the night before, the plan. So I'm putting, I've decided what are the two or three things, big things that I want to accomplish. And it doesn't mean that I have to do it all, but what are the two or three things that I want to focus on? 
like you said, it was that program, and and you were able, you really got going on it. So, um, Susan, I'm I'm dying to hear your thoughts on this. I was copiously taking notes too. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some great tips from both of you. Um, yeah, you know, I I um I've been reading up quite a bit on this because I it's a constant thing. I think as coaches, it's one of those things that we're always interested so we can help our clients move forward as well. But, you know, starting small, doing one thing at a time. So figure out which habit you want to change um, and then focus on that one. And there's some research out there that talks about if you have a habit that you want to eliminate, sometimes getting very consistent in doing it, which sounds crazy, but you do it consistently, will get you to stop because boredom kicks in. Here's an example. If you are a constant Facebook checker, like you're all the time going on to check Facebook or your messages and, and things like that, LinkedIn, blah, 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 and it's getting in your way of getting anything else done, then set a time. So I'm going to check LinkedIn 20 times a day, <laughs> and you do that for a week. And what research shows is that you will, you will start decreasing the number of times you check in. So sometimes just just count it, give it a number, and go do it. Um, it works in classrooms too, and it's an interesting technique. If you have an interrupter, and think about this with adults too, ever been in a meeting where you got really excited what the topic was, and you just un, un, unintentionally but consistently, constantly cutting the other people off with the comments you want to make or something else? Well, the trigger is you're getting excited. So students in classrooms will do that too. They get really excited about what they're learning, and then they just jump in and cut the teacher off or cut another student off. So this concept can work the same way. Don't stop interrupting. Say, I'm only going to interrupt six times. And that puts your focus on it, and it gives you six times to interrupt, six times to apologize. And it's amazing how quickly that one can change it and <laughs> reduce it. So if you're an interrupter, and we all know who we are, then uh, set those set those counts for yourself, and you can you can move those down. And then another really good tip, um, and this one is called "Don't Change You Change the World," and this comes from Eric Barker. And Jan, you're the one that uh, shared this amazing gentleman with us. <laughs> but I love what he said about this: "Don't change you change your world," and it's to do the 20 second rule. So make it harder to engage in bad habits. So instead, if you feel the trigger, and all habits have a trigger, by the way, so if you can start getting really aware of what the trigger is, it will help you. So if your trigger is when I get tense, I'm going to eat a cookie, mm -hmm. then you count to 20, and it makes you have time to think about it a little bit and reduce the chances of, so maybe I won't eat a cookie. Instead, I'm going to um, go exercise or something else. So oh, just... Yeah, that's right. 20 yeah. seconds. And it's amazing if you just stop for 20 seconds, right? It feels like forever. But it helps you recognize the trigger and it gives you a place to make a choice. Absolutely. It brings choice in. It takes, you know, it takes a habit a little bit out of the quotient there or out of the equation if you're if you're able to to make a choice and if you're you're you know, it raises your level of consciousness. And it actually gives you the ability to choose. So that is great. Thank you for that. 
um, I just, you know, one of the the, the things uh, that uh, that Eric Barker, uh, Eric Barker also says is that, uh, you know, trying to eliminate bad habits sometimes upsets us. It's it's almost traumatic. And he said, rather than eliminating bad habits, replace them. So, um, you know, for example, I don't remember which one of you was saying that uh, you were trying to, you know, change, uh, you know, if if you're upset or if you're stressed and you, you want to reach for something to eat, uh, trying to find something else to have. Don't say, oh, I'm not going to eat anything. But if you, for some reason, putting something in your mouth calms you, then finding a substitute that will, you know, make you, uh, will, will satisfy you, but also you have a choice over this now rather than just automatically taking that cookie or taking that pint of ice cream or whatever. Um, I know for myself, I found... I tried lots of different herbal teas. I found one I'm almost addicted to now. And so that um I drink a lot of that and it's good for me. It's it you know has no caffeine, it's herbal and um that that keeps my mouth very happy. So <laughs> Do you mind sharing, Jen? I'm always looking for new other well, you know what? I'll I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I should be doing a commercial for Trader Joe right now. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious. You know, also there there's triggers, right? There are triggers for everything that we do that we don't that we react to as opposed to choosing. So I'm wondering what the both of you think about, um, you know, triggers when it comes to bad behavior. Anyone? <laughs> you know, Jan, when it, it, it's uh, so when something happens, it triggers us, but it's something that we sense. And it's our interpretation of it that evokes the response we get. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter what it is. The great thing about trying to replace a habit or raising your awareness of, around it is just be aware that it happens. Huh, every time I someone says that to me, this is what I think, mm-hmm. and this is what it makes me feel, and this is what I do. And now what I'm doing is not something I really want to be doing, but I'm stuck in this little cycle of doing it. Um, and when you raise your awareness, it's like, why am I even, why am I even upset? You know, why am I even stressed at all? Or why am I so bored? And it all comes back to what what are the triggers that happen, and they can be so unconscious to you, mm-hmm. like you may not even realize that you were triggered because you've become habituated <laughs> to it, and now it's such a part of what you do that you are on automatic pilot. So you gotta you have to step back a little bit and recognize, huh, what triggered me? So maybe the best question to start off with is. I wonder what just triggered me. I have to go back and think about what just happened a little bit and why did I react the way I did. And not why from a a place of judgment, but how about why from a place of observation and discernment instead. Um, Just getting really curious about why did I do that so that you come to a place of learning and understanding and you can decide. And you know if you can have an unconscious trigger, then you can have a conscious one. So why not trigger yourself? If you're feeling Mm. bored... Get your own triggers. 
what's that thing that's going to tie into motivation where we started with? So what triggers do you have that can motivate you out of what you were doing that you didn't want to do anymore that's not serving you anymore? Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> that's fabulous. I love that. You know, um, again, it's all about awareness. You know, that's the first step is, you know, being aware of what's what's going on, first of all, that we're even doing something, you know, that, that is a pattern that we do. And then, you know, seeing what the, what the trigger is. And it could be something that, it, you know, it could be like when it rains, some, it affects us. Or it could be when it's too hot. I mean, it could be some environmental or physical, um, some physical thing. I have a neighbor upstairs who, um, it's, and I love music. I have two degrees in music, but yet I never had counted on living under a, you know, basically like a music studio. She's She practices all day long, and... Um, she's an instrumentalist, but she teaches most of the day, and she has not the most talented children coming in. And and then there's a piano in one room, and it's very loud. I mean, it sounds like it's going on in my home, and it goes on all day long. So this can be a trigger for me. And um, you know, this is it's it's not somebody that's having a conversation with me. So that can be a trigger. Your environment. It can, you know, and I've just learned not to let it stress me. I just tune it out because otherwise I get stressed and then, you know, that's that's not a good trigger for me. I live in Manhattan. Um, you go outside, there are tons of people. There can be just a lot of noise. Um, for those of us who live here, we learn how to basically tune it out, but it can cause stress, and I, I'm very aware of it when people come to New York who don't live here and they say, how can you stand this? And we're, you know, we're all standing around, stand what? <laughs> you know, we love the energy here. You know, so that's, that's a very personal thing. Um, so your environment, that in itself can be a trigger, and you, you often or we often don't have control over our environment. Um, there are things we have control over things that we don't there's also um oh there's there's let's see what other things can can trigger um Sharissa, Jan, you, was, oh yeah oh, sorry ahead. susan no no you go ahead i was just thinking when you were mentioning that you know people can trigger you and people can trigger habits in you too so that uh saying that peer pressure is good it's actually true um so when you were talking about the students playing and things, it made me think of people and the people that can interact with us during the day. Have you ever noticed that you'll be around one friend and maybe uh, you'll drink more than you normally would or you get around another group and you eat more or you get around mm-hmm. another group and you start exercising uh, again and, and, you know, all of a sudden you're doing things that you really like doing too. So um, that awareness of who are you with? And how do you want to be when you're with them as well? And just remember, people can trigger you. Um, Absolutely, <laughs> right. And so you can also you you their habits can affect your own habits. So absolutely, yeah. no, that is so true. What do you think, Sharissa? About um, you know, what are your thoughts on triggers? One of the things I was just thinking, Jen, is 
that our emotions can be such a good indicator to us about, you know, like what is going on and what might have potentially triggered us. So they, they might not necessarily be um, necessarily, you know, like a uh, – so, for example, like if, you, if you're just – if you're not feeling that good, so, for example, if you reach for that bag of potato chips or you reach for that drink when you, when you know that, you know, you know deep down that that's not really something that you want to do or you know that it's not necessarily the best choice for you – to really, it goes back to awareness again, but also feel, you know, like really uh, get in touch with your emotions. What are you emotionally experiencing? And um, this is this is something that I'm very conscious of as well. So, for example, if I'm feeling like I'm not having a good day, or all of a sudden my mood changes, and I find myself slipping into those bad habits, my, you know, now I've kind of trained myself to think about and be more aware and say, oh, what's going on here? Did somebody trigger me? Did something trigger me? What are my thoughts? What's going on in my on, in my mind? Because my thoughts are going to impact those emotions. So that's just another cue for you to say, you know, if you're not feeling that great or if you're doing something and realize that you're already, you know, in the middle of this bad habit, what is going on with you internally? And then also what could have, uh, like you said, what could have triggered that so that you can then make some, some shifts and make some decisions as far as what you want to do going forward. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you for that. That is absolutely great because emotions can so... Uh, trigger us and so being aware of what that's all about um, really clarifies and again gives us choice you know another another tool that again going back to Eric Barker um, I recommend anybody who's listening to subscribe to his blog Um, but he brings up you know a a kind of a plan because you can you know again uh, with awareness we have to understand or, or become aware of uh, when are we always, you know, once we're aware of certain bad habits, so then we can dig a little deeper. So when do we always, when or where do we always perform that bad habit? What might be the trigger? And, um, you know, and so you can use kind of an if-and-then approach. Uh, basically, you could say, um when I watch a movie or on 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 TV on um, on YouTube or or on Netflix or whatever, I you know I lay down on the couch or I get comfortable on the couch and I I get a bowl of ice cream or I get some things to munch on because I'm so used to going when I go to the theater, uh, when I go to the movies I like to munch on popcorn. So for me, watching a movie is munching. Let's say somebody you know realizes this. So um, they say, so their if is, so okay, so if I sit on the couch and watch a movie, um, I'll have a cup of tea or I'll munch on um, celery sticks. Or So you have a plan, plan ahead. Once you're aware, again, we're bringing up awareness, but once you realize why and when this happens. So... Um, I, I'm curious, either Susan or Sharissa, have you ever utilized this in, you know, in in becoming more uh, conscious and making choices rather than, you know, going on autopilot? Yes, for sure. That I mean, that is so um, so brilliant. You know, I love the whole if then. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's my former programmer brain that kicks in when I hear that, but it makes so much sense. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it really does make so much sense because then it, it, again, brings back that awareness of, okay, so I can, I know in these situations what happens before I, you know, go into that, 
bad habits. When I do this, I tend to be more likely to go and get into that behavior. And then the other thing also um, that came up when, as you were saying that was the whole domino effect or the whole like spiral, you know, like, and I thought about this from my own experience when it comes to my health. So with taking care of my diet and exercising more, for example. So the way this happens for me is if I tend to slip up and get into a bad habit of, say, not going to the gym one week because whatever, you know, something comes up or whatever gets in the way. And then what tends to happen is because I've gone into that one bad habit, all of a sudden I'm sitting there on the sofa in the evening thinking, well, I didn't go to the gym. I might as well have those chips. (laughs) (laughs) So it's that kind of thing. So before you know it, one bad habit turns into two bad habits, and then it's obviously a lot more difficult to get back on track. Absolutely. Oh, you're so right. <laughs> you are so right. Oh, my goodness. You, oh, uh, wow. Um, I was just thinking of, you know, when, when you eat too much of something and, and then you think, well, you know, I mean, it's sort of in line with what you're saying. Well, you know, it's almost gone anyway, so I might as well finish it. <laughs> that is definitely a bad habit. <laughs> Um, Susan, <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah. Do, you have, <laughs> do you have anything to add? A, yeah, it's such a great uh, technique to use for all those reasons why um, you just mentioned. But there's a couple of others um, I'd like to add to that, too. If I'm late, so some mm-hmm. people, if they feel like they're going to be late, they get extremely stressed out, mm-hmm. um, and it just ruins the whole day. So if I'm late... And then, then is then I'm going to breathe slowly for the count of three. You know, choose a different behavior than being all mm-hmm. upset because if you're late, you're late. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but help yourself accept and move. Or if I'm um, if I get an idea during a meeting, instead of interrupting everybody, I'll jot it down. Mm-hmm. It may not even be pertinent at the what the conversation is. And wait, there might be a better time to to give the idea. Um, if I tend to have negative comments, so if I'm gonna have if I'm around this person who I get negative with, then I'm going to say one positive thing. So give yourself it can be small little things, but it, it's raising the awareness of if I'm gonna do this because you know you do, it's a habit, so it's gonna come mm-hmm. up, then here's what I'm gonna change. Um if I'm watching TV too late at night, then I'll read a book instead, you know, mm. because the the light from the TV and things is supposed to interrupt your sleep. Um, if I get tired, then I'll take a nap. <laughs> it can be little little things like that, just just to remind yourself. Um, if I already have my day booked and someone asks me to do something else, then I'll ask, is there a different time that it can be done or is there someone else that can do it? So it's actually kind of setting yourself up to change the habit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it's great. I mean, that's great. I love, I love the examples that you gave because it applies to so many things. Um, and, and also, again, it's, it's so interesting how as awareness comes into all of this because um, just like when you said about if I'm watching TV too late, and I recently got a TV, so you know I'm I'm and I have it in the bedroom. And I'm so excited that I can lay in bed and 
and watch TV and hopefully go to sleep, but or fall fall asleep to it. But but the thing is, I have a tendency to stay up too late watching it. <laughs> so you know, my if is if I have the TV, if I put the TV on, then I can set the time, the sleep timer, at a particular time. Oh. So you know that you know so that. I have a, a, a ritual that that serves me as opposed to just falling into the habit ritual. Um, and you know, getting back, I'm just I just wanted to go back to that whole stress uh, topic again because stress actually um, it makes it makes it more difficult. It, it affects our brain in a very negative way, and it it actually. According to research, it weakens the prefrontal cortex of our brain. So if we can reduce stress, it can actually strengthen that part of our brain and can give us the opportunity to to make choices and make better choices rather than just just do something automatically. So even if you can just, if we can close our eyes, and as as one of you had said, waiting for 20 seconds, I think you said that, Susan. But also, if we can take deep breaths and anything that, you know, if, if you've ever studied uh, meditating, but just taking some deep breaths and for a moment closing our eyes and, um, and, and just concentrating on our breath, even if it's just for two minutes, it can help reduce stress to a point that we can actually have more choice and be more conscious. And that is so much a part of changing habits, you know, and just trying to change one habit at a time rather than, okay, here's my list, because, you know, a lot of us are like this. Okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to make changes now. So I'm going to write my list, and we put down a list of 5 to 10 to 15 to 20 bad habits, and we start to want to tackle them all at once, and it gets overwhelming, and then we, we can't seem to do it because it's it's like having a whole almost personality change. We feel, you know, oh, my God, I'll never be able to do this, and then we don't, then we give up. So I know maybe that was a little dramatic, but if we just say, okay, I'm going to change this habit. I'm going to make sure that the TV is off at a certain time. And you know, lights out, TV's off, and and you know, bedtime. And that can be one habit that we decide to tackle that week or that month. And then when we've we've gotten control over that, and now that's a bad habit that we have killed, basically. Then we can move on to the next one. I had worked with a singer who hadn't really been practicing and she also played piano and she was disgusted with herself. She was really full of self-loathing about this and she, and I said, "Well, what is it that you want to do?" And she said, "I want to practice piano and voice, each of them 1 hour every day." And I said, "How much are you practicing now?" She said, "Zero." So I said, "Well, can you practice uh voice for five minutes a day she said oh my god yes i said and how about piano just five minutes a day and she said of course i said and how would that feel she said this feels ridiculous but i could certainly do it i said okay so do that um i said do you want to practice how many days a week do you want to practice she said five i said okay so uh, this week you practice voice you practice singing and five minutes 
every day and you practice piano five minutes every day. Set a timer and then you stop. Do not go past that. I said, and then next week add another five minutes. No, this month, I'm sorry. Um, every, this month, five days a week, Monday through Friday, whatever days you want, but set yourself a schedule and every day, five minutes a day for for each thing, set a timer, do not go over it. I said, next month, add five minutes to each. And I said, do that every month, and at the end of the year, you will painlessly be practicing piano and voice, one hour each, every day. And her eyes got like saucers. She said, oh, no, but I, w- I want to do it in a month. I but that was, you know, and she's doing it now. She's pra- And it was the hardest thing for her was to only practice for five minutes, you know, just stop when the timer went off. But that's kind of the way that we can approach these bad habits. We take baby steps, as you had said, Sharissa, and it actually can work. And we actually then can have some successes that we can feel good about rather than feeling bad about our bad habits. Good example, Jan, after the baby steps plus the accountability, like knowing that she's going to be talking to you and, you know, and you're helping her to be that support and, you know, just to be there for her as well. So, yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. What a great example. Um, and the other thing that, that I wanted to add to that is just the, um, the idea of grace, you know, giving ourselves grace when we get into these bad habits because a lot of the times mm-hmm. that level of stress comes from our past and regretting the fact that, oh, you know, I tried it for the hundredth time and I'm still not able to stick to this habit or, you know, things happen maybe around the holidays, whatever it is, and mm-hmm. not able to, to stick to it. But the to remember, and I think, Susan, you mentioned this, and it really stood out to me when you said this, that um, sometimes things happen for a reason. Like you mentioned in that meeting, for example, maybe the timing wasn't right or whatever it is. Sometimes we need to just know that we're in the right place at the right time, um, you know, where we are. So sometimes it's okay to miss that class at the gym. You know, maybe there was a, there's mm-hmm. a call that came through during that time that is really important and you got the call and you wouldn't have been able to get to the phone if you were in that gym class or whatever it is. So to think of it from that perspective so you're not stressing yourself out over the regret and all of those things when, you, you know, when you're not able to get um, to and to really stick with that habit for an extended period of time. So give yourself, definitely give yourself a break because everything happens for a reason. Um, I really believe that. And so if you're not able to stick to the habit for a day or two or whatever it is, maybe there's another reason. Think about it. You know, again, that's a, the awareness. And ask yourself, what was the benefit of me not making this today, not being able to do this day? You know, maybe you were able to do something else. Maybe, I don't know, whatever it is. Or maybe it's just as simple as, okay, so I realize now that something tripped me up. Something triggered me into not doing what I needed to do. So now I can look at that from a different perspective and say, what can I do going forward to really set things up so that I can be successful next time and I can really stick with a better habit versus slipping into a bad habit? Absolutely. that's That really is so true. And you know, you said something that really uh, stuck out for, to me. You know, beating ourselves up because we'll, we'll think, we'll see, oh gosh, I did it again, or I didn't do this, or whatever. I always do this, and you know, and then we kind of beat ourselves up about that. And sometimes, beating ourselves up in itself is a bad habit. 
So, right? And so changing that into having some self-compassion can be a step to changing, not saying, oh, okay, well, you know, this is this is me, this is what they do, ah, la, la, la. No, that's not what we're saying. But it can be that that bad habit that we have of beating ourselves up, and we're not going to get into the, the whole psychological aspect of this, but that in itself can be a bad habit that we may not even be aware of, that this is what we do. And so taking the action and looking at it in the way that Sharissa just explained with forgiving ourselves uh, rather than beating ourselves up, that may in itself, depending upon who you are and if this is a bad habit or a habit that you that you have and that you do, um, a way of actually changing that behavior. So um, I guess I just wanted to bring that up. Um, Susan, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think on um, tying into that, you know, giving yourself that twenty thousand foot view away so that you're you're just observing what you did or what happened. And if it didn't go the way you wanted, you use it as a learning lesson instead of a beating yourself up lesson. And then raising your awareness so that you can re-trigger yourself uh, for the next time. Um, but I wanted to throw one thing in there. The power of music is so um, important here. If you find yourself in a beating that beating up mode, or maybe you're um, uh, feeling bored or you're not sure how to motivate yourself, sometimes putting on music from when you were really happy or those happy songs that you really like can help you shift your mood very quickly, can help you shift your thinking to a more positive space. And it allows you to step into a more creative space, too, so as you're thinking about, instead of beating yourself up, putting on some music that gets you juices flowing and makes you start feeling good can help prompt you to a place of, okay, so next time here's what I want to do. It's more goal it will take you to be more goal oriented as opposed to failure. So, um and there's science all behind this and Jan, I'm sure you have tons of research on this. But um unless you're listening to like you said, uh, the students learning all day. <laughs> Find music that you were happy with. <laughs> That's the key. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and music, you know, we all know that, that I, I don't know, that maybe not everybody is affected by music. I certainly am, and um, I, th- I think so many people are. It, it, animals even are affected by music very deeply, as anybody who's on Facebook has probably seen those videos where the, the cows respond to jazz being played, so they all come running over, and I mean, and and the elephants sway back and forth, so I, music, that's an excellent point, music is a really good tool to um, to affect us and change our energy level and, and um, really move us in, perhaps in a different direction, reducing stress if you choose the right music, um, but reducing stress and helping us to think more clearly rather than just, again, going on autopilot. You know, we're getting close to the end of the show. We could probably go on and on, but this has been such a great topic, and it's been such a, as always, a wonderful and informative show. So we're getting close to being out of time. So I want to really thank so deeply my very talented co-hosts, Sharissa Sebastian and Susan Gonzalez for their insightful participation in today's show. You know, the choices we make that are not in our best interests 
are actually more of a reaction and habit. And our conversation today has demonstrated that we don't have to be at the effect and mercy of our bad habits. There truly are some painless strategies to transform our less than stellar habits into those that that will directly and positively affect our success and happiness. I'm Jan Jaffe of Forward to Success, and it has been my privilege to have been your host today. And if you'd like to speak with me, please contact me for a free, no-obligation, 30-minute discovery and strategy session. And for more information, please feel free to email me at info at forwardtosuccess.com. I also want to remind our listeners that you're invited to share any comments or feedback on our website, lifecoachradionetworks.com. I also host my own solo interview show in depth with Jan Jaffe on this, the Life Coach Radio Network. Sharissa, do you have any closing thoughts and contact information you'd like to share? I do. Thank you, Jan. And just one thing to kind of wrap up what we were talking about, and that is, to think about, I would encourage our listeners to think about the, um, in terms of energy, the amount of energy that's expended when we think about, uh, you know, when we have regret and when we beat ourselves up. So the next time you find yourself doing that, I encourage you to think about it and think, how can I better spend this energy? Because it really does suck our energy when we, when we live in the past and we regret those things. Um, and then as far as a uh, closing quote, as I always do, this one is a bit lighter than usual, but it is that bad habits are like a comfortable bed, easy to get into, but hard to get out of. <laughs> oh, that's fabulous. <laughs> that one just stood out to me today, so I had to include that. And then, of course, if anyone would like to get hold of me, you can go to my website at com. And I'd also like to offer anyone who needs help with their career to take me up on a free strategy session. It's a $350 value, and uh, you know I would love to help you in any way I can. Thank you both so much. As always, I've taken lots of notes and learned so much from you ladies. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sharissa. And how about you, Susan? Yes, I just, uh, as we're talking about raising our awareness, I'm just going to re- repeat those wise words of Fritz Perls, which is awareness cures <laughs> so many things. Um, if you want to learn more about the programs that I offer, you can reach me at my website, which is www.makeityourmark.com. And you can also, uh, if you're interested in my book, you can find information about that and some of the live training that I offer as well. And I, too, offer a breakthrough strategy session that's complimentary to anyone that's interested. So feel free to reach out, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Susan. Um, do you want to just did you give did you give your um, your email address or your contact information? I probably didn't. It's Susan at Make It Your Mark. Thank you, Jan. <laughs> MakeItYourMark.com, right? Right. Okay, thank you so much, Susan. Thank you both, ladies. And I want to remind our listeners that for all of the hosts, contact and bio information is listed in the show description. So if you weren't didn't have your pens right now, don't worry, you can look in the show description and our contact information is there. Now, we do have um, an upcoming show on our sister network, the Life Coach Chat Channel. It's May 26th at 1 p.m. 
radical self-care in today's busy world. So huge thanks again to my two wonderful co-hosts, Sharissa Sebastian and Susan Gonzalez, for joining us today and making this show a very, very special one. Thank you for listening. <laughs>